Welcome to Fixated, the Fixed Income Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Moran, Editorial Director of Fixed Income News Australia. Join me every week as I talk about the latest news, views and education in fixed income investment. I'll be joined by industry experts from Australia and across the globe. Hello, I'm delighted to have with me this morning Mark Todd, who is Head of Fixed Income at Bank of China. Hi Mark, how are you? I'm good, yourself? Very well, looking forward to an Easter break, not so much the three-day lockdown we've got facing us up here in Brisbane. I know, there's a great, a great conundrum for everyone how we, uh, we plan for lockdowns, you know, like you just can't plan for it and all of a sudden all of these plans get thrown into you know, disarray and you think, okay, what am I now supposed to do when the kids are screaming to get away? Yeah, how can I go and buy chocolate Easter eggs? You know, I'm sure the shops will still be open. Um, So delighted you can join us here to talk about bonds and fixed income markets. What are you witnessing as, you know, what are the themes you're witnessing? Um, And I'm sure you have a very different view being part of Bank of China. You know, it'd be great to get some of that insight. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you and I used to work together at FIG and then, you know, we've moved on different paths and I was at the NAB there for a while and moved on uh, over to Bank of China. And I think one of the dynamics in trying to understand uh, how the world's evolving is if you think about it, probably since post-GFC, the world has been subject to extraordinary and now commonplace central bank behaviour. Whereas, you know, when they acted, initially to solve the dilemma of the banks and now they're solving the dilemma of volatility in the in the COVID. Um, it has far-reaching consequences for everyone. And, and so one of the themes, I think at the start of 2021, we started to hear this idea that the vaccine passports would create economies of robustness, everyone would go back into it, everything would be great. And therefore we expect higher interest rates. And that was a pivot point. And if it gets to 2%, the equity market becomes more challenged. I think one of the themes that I've been talking to customers about is this idea of a COVID-supported, fiscally-supported economy and something that can stand on its own two feet who've solved the health, health crisis. And in my mind, and I could be corrected, but in my mind, the Asia et al., so including New Zealand, us, China, South Korea, Taiwan, the Asian piece have solved for the dilemma of the health crisis and now and now are starting to stand on their own two feet. Now, I understand we'll have JobKeeper finishing and there'll be some transitional problems, but those economies are much more robust than those that are being driven by fiscal support led by the US, but it's in Europe. So those Western economies, if you're writing a $1,400 check just to pay the rent, I'm not 100% certain of the, the linkage to the equity narrative saying, let's buy everything. It's all going to be rosy. Everything's going to get back together. And I think for my customers and the people that I talk to both here and in Asia everywhere, it's around how do you invest in Asia? What understandings and learnings do I need to have to work out how to buy into those economies that have solved the health crisis? Because to your point, a three-day lockdown, Germany going into more rigorous lockdown, you can't imagine that America will not have that same experience. Like we, we can, we see the future. We know what it looks like. We know how to solve it. Can you solve it in the Western economies that are still in the midst of it? It's not obvious to me that you can solve it. So I think those markets become more challenged if, if in particularly in equities where it's this musical chairs around 
the central banks. If they come to a, a point where it's not that rising rates will impact the American economy or the recovery in Europe, it's the fact that they haven't solved for the pandemic. And so those sectors that were beaten down will actually stay beaten down. And so the COVID winners have won, the battle's over. People, there's got to be some sense of scarring. And I think that post the GFC, the scarring was around banks, the amount of capital it was around advisors, the way they talk to their clients. So what's the scarring for the greatest pandemic that we've ever seen, which is far greater than GFC? Like, what is that scarring going to look like? And if you, can't, if you can work that out, then you can work out where to invest your money. But at this point in time, it looks like you've got to solve for Asia because that's where it seems to have been solved for. So, so how do you, uh, as a bond investor, invest in, in Asia? Like, is it a, a government bond investment, a corporate type thing? Do you look for a fund manager that's got good understanding? There's two themes. There are those who benefit from the Asian story. So let, let's say there are those direct, those people who are direct investors um, who might look at something like the Fortescue high yield bond that came to market. If you could access that, that would be something you'd look at and say the Fortescue narrative makes sense that they're selling into and have good, strong relationships and product that China wants. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the next part for those who can invest would be you know, locally here in Australia, you've got Chinese banks who are, so for the people that understand it, the Chinese um, banks that are here are pri primarily in the loan market. They primarily lend to Australian corporates as part of syndicated loans. So they are just part of the pool. Um, the GFC that I mentioned before was meant that the banks can't use their balance sheet. The, the, the challenges to the Australian banks around capital is a worldwide phenomenon that, you know, you need to maintain really good capital buffers. So you just can't lend off balance sheet all the time. So what they do is they go through a syndicated loan process and they'll have Chinese, Japanese, French, all sorts of banks will participate. So I think one of the ways to think about it, further investment is, is when those local Australian uh, branches come to market, CCB came to market, paid 58 over, the equivalent Australian bank for three years was at 20 something. You know, so I think that's a nice margin where you say, well, okay, I want bank credit, I want financials, you could buy that. Uh, and then the next thing is there are a lot of fund managers who are trying to pivot into Asia. The growth in Asian investors is really strong at an institutional level. So you'd look at, you know, all the local fund managers, whether it be a, uh, you know, a Vanguard or a Franklin Templeton or a Capstream or you know, you go to your fund manager of choice and you ask the question of them. Because at the moment, all those fund managers are thinking, well, how, what, what pitch do I make to my investor? You should buy more of what? And so if you said to the fund manager, I'd like to have better insights from you about China, about South Korea, or about the Asian story, um, I think those fund managers are doing the work and will continue to do the work, but they want to you know, invest with you around education. And I think the big part is don't put all your money into it, but be mindful that that's where you need to do your learning rather than waking up in the morning, looking at the Dow and some tiger fund has just been forced to sell $20 billion worth of equities. And therefore that's going to impact your life. But you know, that's, that's not what you need to have right now. You need to work out where the structural tailwinds are. And, and clearly that's in Asia. Yeah, I, I agree. Asia's, um, I mean, it's just a growth powerhouse when you look at the population and um, how we've done, how we've all done with COVID 
Um, and, you know, looking at the, even just the travel bubbles, you know, we're going to start to open up hopefully with some of those Asian economies and we are the ones coming out of it. You look at Europe and the US and um, even with the vaccination pro uh, program, there's been plenty of hitches with the program and, um, you know, new variants. We, we don't know. It's still a, a big uncertain uh, world out there. So, um, and just in terms of Bank of China and, and what you're doing, obviously Bank of China participates in these syndicated loans, so they're part of a, a group of banks lending to Australian corporates, which is, you know, it's really good for Australian banks to, or, 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 Australian companies, I should say, to have a diversity in funding sources. Um, are there any insights just into China itself, like any sort of uh, economic data or, you know, that you might have access to in terms of its economy and coming out of, out of, out of COVID? Oh, well, I think the... So you know how oh, you, you, you'd be aware of it when you work in banks, you can pick up that trend. So you'll notice that, oh, hang on, those banks in that part. So let's think in the green division, in the solar, in the, in the support of that are really, really busy. Or it might be in the property side, they're a little bit quieter because risk is taking back the risk. Um, what's been really obvious in China is that the government funding strategy and, and the and so that's a, an, a, a broad array. When I say government, it, it's state-owned enterprises, it's, it's the policy banks, it's the government itself. Um, what's clear is that their funding demands were really early and really strong, and that's been filled. And there's been a lot of investors have bought into that. And so what we're now seeing is that the policy banks, that, as it relates to the policy that they manage, so it might be in the agricultural space, it might be industry space, that money starting to flow through the economy. And they were very clear uh, from the PBOC that they didn't want to have what they deemed to be arbitrage. And what they deemed to be arbitrage is that if the money is really cheap, do not use it for leverage to buy equities. Don't, don't, that's, not, that's not the process. It, the process is we will facilitate really cheap money so long as it goes back into the, into the broader economy. And one of the things that is absolutely paramount at the moment is uh, the green piece. So as, as they've made that decision, that huge shift uh, into green initiatives, in the same way they attacked the COVID response, they're taking the same approach. So I can tell you something like, in December of loan last year, the new electric vehicle charging stations in China, they built 112,000. There is now 812,000 charging at the end of 2020. Now, at the end of 2019, there was 500,000. There's now 800,000 throughout China for electric vehicle charging. In America, there is less than 112,000 in the entire system. So China in one month generated more than America has in its entire infrastructure. So that comes back to that story about the geopolitical debate that's taking place. And, and without trying to take a side, you can imagine China's perspective where they're saying, we are doing so much that this part of America, this debate we're being told what to do, is missing out on what's actually taking place on the ground. Like it is moving at a massive rate of knots. So the funding's really good. It's going straight into the economy and then they're going into the green. And a prime example, 112,000 in one month. So they're busy doing, you know, their country. They're busy dealing internally. 
and they'll look to external and say, hang on a second, what, do you not understand what's happening here? And so there's no, in their mind, there's no balance in the criticism rather than there's just a criticism. And there is the attempt to, you know, change how they engage with the rest of the world and all that sort of stuff. There's obviously some very unpleasant conversations taking place, but on the ground, uh, you know, when we see those numbers, it's just phenomenal. The numbers are, you know, I don't want to bore you with the numbers on things like the amount of subways they've got, a third of the world's subways in China, and the, and the rate that they grow it. So when, when they made the announcements on what their subway growth would be for 2020 and then 2021, we put out notes to the customers. I think BHP was at 30 bucks, and Rio, uh, sorry, and uh, Fortescue was, I can't remember what their number was. And we said, they literally have told you how much they're going to need the iron ore that they will need just for the railways. They, they literally said, this is what we're going to do. And that was in the midst of the pandemic. And that was when it was all you know crazy. And we were saying, I don't know why people aren't going to go and buy those equities. And of course, iron ore went up. They all bought those equities. So I think that's the way to think about how do I invest in China? What are they telling me? Do you trust it? Is there evidence to provide around it? Uh, you know, they're all, it's going pretty strong. It's that's just amazing. They're really fascinating stories, and um, you know, it's you do you obviously get that, you know, notice we're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to build what they say they're going to build. It's that sort of um, economy. It's really it's so impressive. Um, Mark, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, really appreciate chatting to you. I think our listeners will love hearing what you've got to say, and uh, we hope you might join us again sometime. It'll be my pleasure. It's great to see you, Liz. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thank you for joining us this week on Fixated, the Fixed Income Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to join us again next week. Still hungry for more fixed income news, views and education? Then visit fixedincomenews.com.au and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter to have the latest news delivered right to your inbox. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Elizabeth Moran and we'll see you next week on Fixated, the Fixed Income Podcast.